Hey, I'm personal development strategist, Christina Bartold, and you're listening to the podcast, Personally Developing. This is a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of personal growth and development. On this podcast, I'll interview people and share my expertise on personal development in a fun and relaxed atmosphere, perfect for a drive, run, or to accompany a face mask bath. Tune in each week. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Personally Developing. I'm Christina. I'm your host for this podcast, and we talk about all things personal development with sometimes by myself, sometimes with amazing experts, and it is an opportunity for you to be thinking about how your development can be even a little bit more meaningful or explore a new area. So I am so, so excited to be here today. I am also so thrilled today because I'm welcoming a friend, Heather, on the podcast today. And Heather is a counselor at Heather Young Counseling, uh, the counselor at Heather Young Counseling. And today we're talking about sleep as a foundation to our health and well-being. And this topic is so near and dear to my heart because I don't know about you folks when, when you're listening, but like sometimes you hear about a concept and then you hear about it over and over and over again. Like it'll show up in all the spaces of, of your life. And sleep is one of those things where I feel like we're starting to talk about it in a much more meaningful way. So I'm so excited to welcome Heather on here and I'm going to pass it over to Heather to introduce herself because she is wonderful and tell us a little bit about her expertise. Thank you, Christina. My name is Heather from Heather Young Counseling. I am a registered social worker and I have my private practice working with parents specifically. So it's supporting parent wellness. And part of that, I was a child sleep consultant uh, working with parents to help their children sleep better. So that's kind of how I got in, interested in sleep. Mm. And so today, one of the things we're going to talk a little bit about, because I think like when someone will initially read the title of this podcast or think about this, they'll be like sleep and personal development. Like what, like what is the connection there? Cause when we think personal development, I feel like we think podcasts, we think books, like we think those like workshops. Um, but for you, Heather, like what is the, the impact or the connection between personal development and sleep? Yes, I, well, sleep supports um, everything that we do supports our entire well-being, um, and it also supports all the changes we'd like to make in ourselves. So even when I work with my clients in, in the counseling relationship, if they're struggling with a particular thing, then we're going to take a good look at their sleep habits too, to, to make sure that um, they're feeling well rested and their systems are kind of calmed down. So we're going to get more out of any personal development if we prioritize our sleep. Um, and I can talk a little bit more about how I, I think that could work. Yeah, please. I'd love to hear about that. Cause I think in terms of priority lists and things like that, Heather, like sleep is not something that makes it on my priority list all the time. I, I know from other learnings about the importance of sleep and, um, and I, I can't wait to hear you talk about it as well. I know I'll learn a lot from that as well, but you know, when I'm thinking about my priorities in life, eight hours, seven hours of sleep does not usually make the list. Um, so I'd love to hear about what you think the impact of, of uh, good sleep could be uh, on us more, more broadly. Yeah. Okay. So our bodies are amazing. And so we do not need to get perfect sleep all the time. So there's going to be times in your life where you're not getting that full seven to eight hours of recommended sleep, right? Um, we go through times in our lives where we're not getting good sleep when you've got a newborn or like you have a, a new puppy, I know. Um, <laughs> and, it, you know, our sleep gets disrupted. 
for one reason or another, and that's okay. Our bodies are completely, are very resilient. And so we, we should thank our bodies uh, for carrying us through life and being able to absorb some of these stresses that we encounter. But when we can, and when we have the ability to prioritize our sleep, then our bodies will thank us and our brains will as well. So it's not even just about the quantity of sleep that we want to focus on. We also want to think about the quality of the sleep. So we really want to make sure that we're getting that nice, deep, restorative rest. And that's why that seven to eight hours is recommended because you're more likely to get as much of that deep restorative rest when you go through those cycles um, that, that many times. And so there are a lot of processes that occur only while we're sleeping. So this is why sleep is so important. One of the things, for instance, that happens while we sleep is um, our brains essentially do like a cleaning and a tidying. So there's this system in our brain called the glymphatic system, and it flushes all the toxins out of our brain that accumulates throughout the day. And so this process only occurs when we're sleeping and particularly getting that deep sleep. And so, um, and it also, so that's kind of the cleaning that occurs and it flushes out these toxins. And, and there've been research to suggest that um, when those toxins build up, it actually puts us at greater risk of Alzheimer's and, and other cognitive decline in, in, as we age. And so uh, if we aren't able to get that cleaning, then those toxins remain and, we, and that's what can contribute to that foggy feeling in the morning. Things are just not as clear, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing that happens is the organization occurs. So all of our short-term memories get transferred into long-term memory storage. So they get filed nice and organized. And so the next day we can easily access them and find them. And so if we're not getting good sleep, then it's harder for us to access those memories. It's gonna be a little bit more disjointed and that process may not even, may not occur quite fully. So if you're doing a lot of learning with personal development, then getting a good night's sleep ensures that what you're learning, you're retaining and allows you to be able to better access it um, the next day as well. And so this applies for any kind of personal development, right? Your career relationships, spiritual growth, mental wellness, physical health, like everything. Um, And particularly, I'm particularly interested in how sleep can support our relationships. Mm. Um, Because, you know, when you wake up, when you're not getting good sleep, you're a little bit grumpier, you're a little bit more (laughs) agitated, (laughs) harder to get along with, maybe, or just easier to notice things that are uh, driving you a little crazy. Um, And so yeah, getting a good night's sleep really helps in your relationships as well. That's so funny. I always say, and so my background uh, in terms of my grad work is in conflict resolution. And so I, I like to think I have a strong finesse for conflict resolution. And my husband, when we got our puppy and Patrick, he, like, I, I was like, I do not know, like, how we are married. Like, I, for one week, I was like, I hate this man. Like, I, but it was, it was from exhaustion. And right. as soon as I slept and I had a little bit of perspective and had a little bit of time, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm fine. Like, everyone's fine. But it was amazing how, like, it felt so, like, hard. And I can't even imagine parenthood. And here I am with my dog. Um, but like it was so difficult to even like to, to to have constructive conversations because we were both so exhausted from all the waking up with the dog and um, getting used to this new routine. 
Right, right. Like your nerves are fried, right? Your system is just kind of activated all the time. Um, when you're not getting good sleep, we, you know, sleep helps support our bodies to enter into that rest and digest state. Um, and when we're chronically sleep deprived, that actually places a tremendous amount of stress on our system, um, which, you know, puts this more likely and more quickly into that fight or flight state and more reactive and agitated. And and more into that survival brain. And so, and when we're there, it's really hard to access that prefrontal cortex, which is where the higher order thinking resides, right? Um, so that's where executive functioning and mindfulness and willpower. And so when we're, when we're really tired, we're not able to access those parts of the brain as easily. And so, yeah, like we're going to, we're not necessarily going to be as reasonable in our relationships. And, um, and it's, it, 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 it can, it can really contribute to some, some challenges in that domain for sure. Yeah. And Heather, like what I'm hearing too, in terms of personal development and sleep, like the retaining of information, like I know that lots of people who are engaged in personal development are engaged in lots of personal development, you know, like, I don't know that I know somebody who reads like one good book a year and they're like, I'm implementing this. It's like people are like chronic readers, like always listening to something. Um, so I can imagine that that has such a big impact as well. Right. Like, because they're like, you're taking in so much information and if you're not sleeping and you're not properly rested, like it's probably impossible to action some of these things that which in turn, like has impacts on your goals long-term, right? Like if you're not making the time for these things, um, like, like sleep, it probably in turn has, has issues on, on what some of your goals might, might be long-term too. Absolutely. Like poor sleep makes changing habits harder, right? Um, Cause change, changing habits takes energy. Any kind of change takes energy and willpower. So when we're tired, Mm-hmm. Um, we fall back on easy and habitual ways of being instead of actually making those changes that we're hoping to make. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, that's why getting better sleep really helps you help support your personal development journey and helps you stay on track so that you're not, you know, too tired to kind of reach for the, the, the more healthy option. When we're tired, we're looking for that quick mood boost. And often that is found scrolling through social media, reaching for the high fat, high sugar foods, you know, doing those, those things that are just easy and natural and, and feel familiar uh, and give us that quick little boost. And so when we get better sleep, then we're able to be more intentional. Like I said, accessing that higher order functioning and being intentional and, and um, making the choices that we know are going to support us better long-term. Yes. I love that. And one of my clients, actually, we were recently talking about this because we were talking about morning routines and I've talked about morning routines a few times on this podcast where it's like, our morning routines for everyone. I don't know. I'm like jury's out um, for me anyway. And I, I think there's something so beautiful about habits, but I, I'm very reluctant for structure, like just as a person, like I don't love structure. So I've been trying to figure out different ways that I could do all the healthy things that I want to be doing, but it not look like it's like I wake up at 4.30 a.m. and do them all. And so one of my clients is like so keen and she wouldn't mind me sharing this, like so keen on a, a morning routine. And we were talking about it. I was like, okay, so like, what time are you waking up this morning routine? She's like five. I'm like, amazing. She's like, the issue is, is that I'm waking up at five and I'm so exhausted that I'm like sitting on TikTok for two and a half hours. 
And I'm like, is that a value add activity? Like I, I'm sure she like TikTok has, has served her in some way, um, like in terms of learning or laughter, but like, that's probably not what she intended when she thought, Hey, I'm going to wake up at five. Uh, and so what we were talking about, I was like, what does it look like for you to wake up at six 30 and get a little bit more sleep and be a little bit more energized. And that was a game changer for her. Like she started waking up at six, I think six. And she was like, I'm much more energized. I like, I, I don't spend the time on social media. I actually don't look at my phone until 17, like, because I'm actually doing it like for myself, not because this is something that I feel like I should do. Um, so yeah, I think sleep is this, this difficult thing that we're like all kind of talking about, but all trying to figure out like, what's the right amount of sleep? Like how should we sleep? And all of those pieces. Yeah. And a morning routine. I agree. Like I like being able to start the morning on my terms and really set my intentions for the day and make sure I'm engaging in the things that, that are a priority for me. Um, and so sometimes that means having to wake up early in order to fit all that in. But I think it's sometimes we forget that then we have to modify our bedtime, um, mm-hmm. in order to ensure that we're getting enough sleep. So you know, go to bed. If you're planning to get up an hour earlier, go to bed an hour earlier, right? Yeah. To really make sure that you're still getting your sleep needs met. And sometimes we forget that piece of it. And that's what you're saying. It's just like, sometimes personal development can trump our sleep needs. Like we've got so much that we want to sneak in and do, right? And we forget about the sleep part, but we're going to get so much more out of our personal development if we can if we can ensure that we're, we're getting the right number of hours of sleep. Yeah. And I think that comes back to Heather a little bit like this idea of like this fear of missing out, right? Like where, especially with personal development, like I, I've definitely felt that where there's so many, even this morning, I, I got it. I listened to a podcast, um, the teach me how to adult podcast. And they were talking, they had a negotiation expert on there and uh, she's incredible. Like it was an incredible podcast. I'll link it in the show notes, but they made like three or four book recommendations and I was like, I need to get my hands on these books today. Like I went home and like walked right to the computer to like buy these books. And I was like, hold up. Like, how do these books serve my goals? I like, I don't need these books. I have like probably 10 books unread sitting on my bookshelf that are like, are of priority for me. Um, but we're so like, we have this like fear of missing out all of the time. And I think that's where we sacrifice sleep is like, because sleep doesn't feel, or when we don't prioritize sleep as a necessity or as something that's core to our functioning. Like I remember being in university and being like, oh, like I don't need sleep. Like I'm going to go out till three and then I'll wake up at seven 30 and it's fine. Um, and now I'm like, I would never dream of it. Um, um, but I think it's like, it, it does play into that, that idea that we need to make sleep like our core function rather than this thing that is helpful when we can get it. Yeah. And you touched on something. I think a lot of us have this most number that we're not doing anything that we sleep, right? Like mm. we are missing out on what we could be doing and, um, and kind of forgetting that there are these processes that occur only when we sleep and they need to occur for our well, our health and wellness, like almost you know, every illness out there can be attributed to, or could be, could be supported and helped with better sleep habits. Like mm-hmm. there's just, um, there's so much that's going on when we're sleeping. And so it's important to make sure that it's core to our functioning, as you said. Yeah. It's easy to just replace that time with something else that we think might be more valuable for our future goals. Forgetting that if you're shortchanging your sleep, you're not going to get much out of it. Um, you might be undermining your efforts, um, by shortchanging your sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did a nutrition program recently. And it, one of the things I talked about is like hormone hormones and, and bouncing hormones and, um, sleep was like number one priority. 
It wasn't mm. about diet. It wasn't about activity. It was about sleep. And um, the coach was like, what do you think is like the number one thing that'll like help you be successful in this program? And everyone was like eating vegetables, like more protein. <laughs> and he was like, no, you sleep eight hours a day. Like, this is like, that is, <laughs> that is core. And I was like, oh man. Um, and I'm yeah. someone who, who's always loved sleep. Like I'm, I'm like someone who, if I go to bed at 10, I will wake up at seven and, and everything is fine. Um, yeah. but I do know lots of people who struggle with, with that with sleep as a priority in their lives. Um, yeah. because of what you're saying, right? Like sleep doesn't feel like we're doing anything, but really it's like, yeah. we're doing everything when yeah. we sleep. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, I, I talk a lot about self-care in my work and I, and there's a lot of ideas around what we should be doing for self-care and like, forget what all of that. Like if you're it, like, I see prioritizing your sleep as a real, it's like the epitome of self-care, right? Like that is such a, um, you're honoring your body, you're honoring yourself by making sure that you're getting the sleep that you need. Like it's just, it's such an act of self-love actually by putting yourself to bed and enjoying it, right? So there are these things that we can do to, to really support our sleep. Cause like I mentioned, it's not even just about getting the right number of hours, but really ensuring that the quality of your sleep um, is as, as good as it could be. And so, you know, there's some things that we can do. You, you mentioned there around all these books on your bookshelf that you really intend to read that you want to right? And it's like, okay, let's make sure that our sleep environment is conducive to sleep and is really a sleep sanctuary. And it's somewhere that you want to be. And there's nothing in there that suggests that you're missing out or that mm. you're not doing something that you should be doing or, you know, making you feel guilty because you've neglected that thing. So, you know, I have to do an audit of my side table often because that's where I store those books that I'm half reading and haven't finished yet and want to read. And when that piles high, that's kind of the last thing I see before I go to bed. And it's the first thing I see when I wake up and it's like, oh, I still haven't. And even if I don't consciously think it, it's just that unconscious message that here are all these books that you've not gotten to yet. <laughs> you know, what mm. does that say about you? Right. Um, I know sometimes bedrooms can be the place where the gym equipment gets stored or just like you shove everything when people are coming over and, um, and it can just be a reminder of just clutter and unfulfilled goals and all of that. So really doing an audit of your environment. So what's in your vision that you're not necessarily noticing, but could be sending messages to you that are undermining your efforts to just be and rest and you're exactly where you need to be. You're not missing out on anything. So first thing is making sure your sleep environments can do such a sleep. And then there's the basics, right? Like make sure it's dark and make sure it's cool. Um, and we want that cool temperature because that's what um, our body temperature naturally drops when we settle into sleep. So we want to make sure the environment supports that process um, and make sure it's quiet. So either use earplugs or a sound machine can be helpful just to drown out any other noises that can disturb your sleep. So you're not disturbed and then, um, boring. So we just want to make sure that that room doesn't, like I said, have any other distractions. And if you can keep tech out of the bedroom, if you can, or at least really put some parameters around how much you use your phone or technology in your sleep space, um, just so that you're not activating your brain. Um, but mm. also that exposure to the blue light, there's, blue light science there too. 
but yeah, making sure your sleep environment is conducive to sleep is one thing that you can do. Yeah. Those are some amazing tips, Heather. Um, and I was even just thinking about my own bedroom and I was like, you should be, um, curious about your thoughts, uh, around two things, like firstly, alarm clocks. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your question? <laughs> so I was actually listening to, I think it was actually the same podcast, but a different episode, um, teach me how to adult about how, when we wake up to an alarm clock, we're waking up immediately like to stress, like oh. that's the initial like feeling we have when we wake up. And so I was just curious if you had thoughts on that, or if that's something you've, you believe as well. I never thought of it like that, to be honest. Um, I know there are these, these alarm clocks that emit a light that um, will help you help your body kind of um, adjust to waking up and feel a sense of more of a natural wake up. So it kind of mimics the rising of the sun. Um, and I can imagine that that would be a lovely way to wake up. Um, I, I do use an alarm clock. Um, and yeah, you're right, right? Your heart leaps and it is kind of like, boom. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of the experts also say that if you are getting adequate sleep, that you your body will start to naturally wake up on its own, right? Like you, you kind of enter into that. And that's part of what you can do to support good sleep habits is really try your best to get to bed at the same time and wake at the same time, seven days a week. Which I know most of us are not doing right. Um, but that really sets your circadian rhythm and your natural body clock, which would limit the need for an alarm clock. Um, but I know that like, that's so hard to achieve for most people. Um, and we definitely enjoy kind of a bit of a lion on the weekends and our social lives tend to take, keep us up later some nights. And so it's, it's hard to achieve on a regular basis, but that is one thing. If you, this actually, one of my goals was during COVID was to try to, um, to see if I could really do that because, you know, we shut down, we're not going anywhere. So there's no excuse. Like I can get to bed at 10 and wake up at six every day if I, if I wanted to, but I don't know if I actually did it perfectly, but I know I am, I am better um, at going to bed on time and waking early. And I do notice a difference Mm -hmm. that circadian rhythm, really trying to work with your circadian rhythm is another way to really ensure that your body is getting the most out of the sleep that it takes. Um, And one of the other things that I've been playing around with is light exposure. So I read somewhere that if you um, get sunlight, daylight exposure in the morning before noon, that that can help set your body clock and actually supports you for better sleep um, mm. at night. And, you know, I track my sleep loosely through my Apple watch. Um, I don't, I don't know that I advocate tracking your sleep because it can make us a little bit more obsessed about it, which then can be counterproductive and add stress to our sleep instead of actually supporting <laughs> it. But it is kind of a useful guideline to see the quality. So it actually tracks how much deep sleep I get, as well as just kind of how many hours and how many times I get interrupted. And I was noticing like in December and in January, I wasn't getting as much deep sleep as I had been earlier in the fall. And I knew that like, oh, my schedule was getting a little bit off and um, holidays were approaching. It's not like we were doing a ton of socializing, but my husband and I were maybe indulging in a cocktail in the evening. And, um, and I know alcohol definitely disrupts my sleep. And so I was like, eh, maybe that's why. But then January came around, and I start to get back on track with better eating, better moving and, and all of that. Yet my sleep didn't improve. 
And I realized it was because my kids were at home for the homeschool and I wasn't walking them to the bus stop in the morning. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if that's what it is. So I wasn't getting that morning daylight exposure. And um, so once they started school again, mid-February, I noticed my sleep improved again. So I think there's something to that, that daylight exposure in the morning. So just getting some fresh air and getting out even for 10 minutes can just help set your body clock. Yeah. Yeah. I would believe that Heather, because I, so I talk about my lack of structure in terms of mornings all the time, because I'm just not about it, but I have been trying to wake up a little bit earlier ever since I got this dog, because I was finding that all of my free time was wrapped around when this dog was awake or when he was asleep. Like, and I was like, I had lost some of my independence. So I was like, I'm going to start waking up an hour earlier. And so I have time for myself. Mm-hmm. And I was not someone who would take a walk in the morning. Like that hasn't been part of my, my lifestyle. And I have found since walking the dog at like 6.45 or 7 a.m., I'm like, like I, I feel that. Like I feel like my sleep is in a way better rhythm. Um, mm-hmm. And even though I feel like I'm more responsibility than ever and more on my plate than I've ever had, it's like, okay, when, when it hits about like 10.30, it's time to sleep. And when it, it's 6.30, it's like it's time to be awake. And um, that isn't something I've never had before where it would be like I, Heather could like go to bed at nine and I could sleep till nine. But now I feel like I'm in a much better I I feel like I have a rhythm kind of going. Amazing. And your puppy brought that to your life. Not amazing. (laughs) So much joy from this dog. So much joy. (laughs) (laughs) I'll make sure to link um, some of those uh, lamp uh, alarms in the show notes as well, because I know that there's something, there's a bunch that are are really accessible for people to buy um, that are are great. Like lots of people like them. And the question I was going to ask you, Heather, is like, so for many of us who um, sleep in the same bed as a partner, you know, how do we negotiate our sleeping areas? Like I, and I don't know if this is something you've ever given any thought to, but I'm thinking about like my, my husband, like if I brought a sleeping light alarm in, he'd be like, no, thank you. Um, because we kind of operate on a bit of a different sleeping schedule. He goes to bed quite, quite a bit later than me. Do you have any tips for negotiating our sleep? So if, if your husband doesn't want to be woken up at the same time as you with this beautiful light, <laughs> waking <laughs> him up, then yeah, that would be something to discuss with your partner about whether or not this is something you want to introduce into your room. Um, I, I mentioned I sleep with my Apple watch. So I actually use the alarm on my watch. So it just buzzes me. It doesn't even make a sound. So I can technically get up before my husband does and not even disturb him. So that, you know, there's, so I guess when you're sharing a sleep space with somebody else, definitely a lot of negotiate conversation around it. I know um, tech in the bedroom was a bit of a a touchy um, topic for my husband and I, he, he definitely enjoyed reading the news. And um, as he fell asleep, even (laughs) despite my, (laughs) my recommendations not to, it was something he wanted. (laughs) So, and fair enough, right? Everybody's entitled to their own choices, of course. Um, And so, you know, we just kind of had to come up with a bit of a compromise as to how, how we navigated that. Um, And I know also one of the things that, that we talk about as well is, um, I tend to sleep quite hot and he's more cold. Mm. So um, he would love really heavy duvets, whereas that would just drive me bananas. And so um, we do have kind of one duvet that kind of in the middle of the road, it's probably not the best solution because I don't know that either one of us are particularly happy with it. Um, but I've heard of some couples having separate covers. Yeah, we do that. Our, 
Yeah, um, so that you can have exactly the weight and style you want. And I have heard of some couples um, very intentionally sleeping in separate rooms. Um, mm -hmm. And this is not necessarily a reflection on their relationship or anything else. It's just they recognize that their sleep styles were so different that sharing this, the bed just wasn't really working for them. And in fact, their relationship improved when they chose separate sleep spaces, because like I was mentioning before, you know, you're waking up more rested and more, more content and not so agitated and angry and, and, and um, yeah, the, the conflict really kind of came down once they were both getting better sleep in separate rooms. So, you know, sometimes that could be a conversation but yeah, temperature tends to be uh, a point of contention for couples and um, yeah, sleep timing. So uh, going to bed at, at different times, waking at different times and those sorts of things. And I think just communication, really um, getting really uh, honest with yourself about what you need um, and what you're willing to compromise on and what really matters to you as a couple and, um, and talking it through and coming up with a solution that works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I, it makes me think a lot about too, like, and not this is what this podcast is about, but like, we have so many, we place so many expectations on our relationships that are like old school, right? Like we're like, everyone needs to sleep in the same bed. Like everyone needs to do this. Yes. And when Josh and I got married, uh, I like, I run quite warm. And so I need like cooler blanket and, and vice versa. And like, I, I was so opposed to the idea of us having separate blankets. Like I was like, what does that say about us? It's like, literally no one would know this. No one would know this if I wasn't mentioning this right now. Like, and can we share a blanket if we're like at a hotel? Like totally, like we will live, our relationship will survive. Um, <laughs> but, and here I am like painting it. I'm like the dog broke us, the blanket broke us. But, <laughs> but like, it was so silly. And Josh one day like came home with a blanket and he was like, we're just going to try this. Okay. And I was like, okay, I guess. And then I'm like, it's like, great. It's amazing. Like it is so good. And it's like, because we're both meeting our own needs around yeah. blankets. And like, I was waking up in the middle of the night and he'd be wrapped like a burrito. And I'd be like, I'm freezing over here by myself. In the blanket. <laughs> like, um, he sneezed on me once, uh, in his sleep. And so that is still something we're recovering from, but otherwise, <laughs> yeah, like sleep, sleep is a, in a relationship is hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right it is it's, it's a, a thing that we need to navigate it's, it's hilarious yeah well Harry, what is there anything else that like is on your mind when it comes to sleep and personal development that you want to share before we get into the kind of like rapid fire area sure I think the biggest thing is is not to put so much pressure on it and just to realize it's a process. And yes, if we can prioritize our sleep, we're going to get the most out of the kind of life that we want to live. Right. Absolutely. Um, but really it's about intentions and being very intentional, acknowledging the state, the stage in your life that you're at, and maybe getting the ideal sleep that I'm describing right now just isn't possible for you. That's okay. Your body will, will will take care of you will carry you through that and and you'll be fine and so then not beating yourself up and you know i talk about stress like if our bodies are under stress then that's when it it um it tends to have negative effects on us but stress is also how you think about it and sometimes it's just like stress is actually can be it's a very normal part of the human experience and if we put 
so much meaning on what it means to be stressed or so much meaning on what it means to be sleep deprived, then yes, we're going to have some negative impact. But if you just kind of, it's about a relationship with sleep and um, it's about, you know, a bit of a give and take and a bit of a, a, a extending grace and understanding. And it can be really frustrating for us when we're doing our best and despite our best efforts with the perfect sleep environment, the great routines, bedtime routines, um, with like the schedule and everything, we're doing everything right, yet we're still not sleeping well. I think that that can really um, add unnecessary stress. It's okay. I think one of the things that we didn't touch on is... um, what to do if you're waking in the night and you can't get back to sleep. Mm. I think, you know, I think we often are just like our wheels are turning and our mind is going crazy and we're thinking about all these things and, you know, that can really inhibit our ability to settle back to sleep. And one of the most kind things you can do for yourself is just, okay, I'm having a hard time sleeping right now. That's okay. That's a part of the human experience. This is normal and then get up and do something that's restorative for you. So um, some stretching, I get up and I do some stretching, I do yoga. So I do some sun salutations just for like five minutes or some people like reading a book, like a real book and preferably fiction, kind of avoid that personal development, (laughs) really, you know, heavy duty stuff, like preferably fiction, something fun and light, and it will activate that dreamlike state in your mind. So reading fiction before bed, or when you wake up in the middle of the night is better for your brain to settle down and to sleep more easily. Um, Writing, journaling, writing a to-do list, like oftentimes you just need to do a brain dump. So having a pen and paper beside your bed, but I, I do recommend you get up and out of your sleep space and go somewhere else to do these activities for like 10 minutes and then come back and retry. You're more likely to fall back asleep more quickly. And again, it's about extending kindness. It's okay. It's not a big deal because oftentimes we wake up in the middle of the night and we're like, oh crumbs, I've only got a few more hours and I have to get up. And then you stress and then, Mm. oh my gosh, I'm going to be tired throughout the day. And, oh, and I have this big meeting that I have to lead and like, you can just get yourself into a spiral. And so instead just kind of take a breath, put your hand on your heart, just say, it's okay. Just having a hard time sleeping tonight. My body will take care of me. I will be okay. Get up, do something that you love get back to sleep and try again. And so really what I, the message I want to say is just like be intentional with your sleep habits, but extend yourself grace. And remember that like intentions become habits, habits become traits. And so if you kind of have this intention for great sleep over time, and it may take a while, you'll eventually get there. Right. So it may not happen overnight, but you will um, eventually get into those sleep habits that will really support your your body and well-being so you can bring your magic to the world right we all want to see you and if you're tired it's hard it's hard to shine Heather I love that and I was laughing when you said like read a book and I was like no no like people are going to be reading personal development books when they wake up in the middle of the night and I was like this is not the crowd to say that in (laughs) but yeah she's so right not the time to engage in that kind of personal development (laughs) no have a break relax yeah yeah enjoy amazing Okay, Heather, some questions for you. What is the best paid PD you've ever done? The best paid PD? Um, probably hiring a coach. So I hired a, um, a business coach and she helps me not just in terms of business, but getting to the heart of who I am and what I want to do and what really matters to me. So that was really helpful. Um 
my spiritual growth and development is quite important to me. So I've done a lot of retreats. Um, I've done silent retreats. I've done yoga retreats. And those mm-hmm. things have been extremely um, beneficial for me, just time away. And um, I've discovered this place called Commune. Have you guys heard, have you heard of Commune? No. So it's an online um, tool, but they, um, they create a, their mission is to create a global wellness community around the ideas and practices of the world's greatest leaders. So it is, so I paid for a year long membership and they have a bunch of different teachers come and do these little courses. So like Marianne Williamson and Deepak Chopra and Brendan Burchard and Russell Brand and like so many gurus have done these courses. Um, and I've just loved them. Like, they're just like these little half hour days, but they give you activities to do. And I've gotten so much out of it. There's tons of yoga and meditation on there too, which is a big thing for me. So they've got great yoga programs and all sorts. So that was a really good investment on my part. So it's commune.com. Oh, amazing. I'll link that. I'll link that in the show notes. Um, what is the best free PD you've ever done? Well, podcasts for sure. Like I'm a bit of a podcast junkie, Christina. Um, <laughs> so I think my favorite one though is um, Insights at the Edge. This is okay. Sounds True. Um, sounds True is a publishing house for a lot of the um, spiritual and personal growth books. Um, and, uh, but when I need a break, because I know that you're really big on being careful of burnout, um, personal development burnout. And I, I feel you on that. Cause I, I can definitely overdo it on occasion. And so I've just discovered this podcast called smart less it's with, um, um, it's with Will Arnett and Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes. And it's hilarious. So that's my fun, but podcast, but that's not personal development. And then, um, another one is Coursera. Do you know Coursera? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I've taken a few courses through there and I love that. Like they're just these really great courses from universities that are free. And, uh, yeah, I thought those were fun. Yeah. Those are amazing. I like the MOOCs and the, like all the different classes out there that people can take that people who maybe have never had the opportunity to have post-secondary education, like have the opportunity to have all these things like today. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. My last question for you is if I were to give you $10,000 of personal development money, you can't pour into your business, Heather. Um, what is, what would you spend it on? I think the first thing I, I, I've been wanting, this has been on my radar for a while, um, is there's a two-year mindfulness teacher training um, through Sounds True, and it's led by Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield, and um, I would love to do that. Uh, I think, you know, not only is the, the money um, a bit of a hindrance, but the time commitment as well, just, uh, but that is something that I really want to pursue at some point. Um, I'd probably do more one-on-one coaching. I really, I get a lot out of that. And I thought about doing yoga teacher training at some point, but we'll see whether or not I do and whether or not I'd actually teach yoga, but I think the personal development piece of that Mm -hmm. would be amazing. Yeah. Heather, I know so many people who have done that, who like they get their yoga teacher training and they're like, I have no intention of teaching. I just want to continue my practice. And I like, I love that for people. Yeah, yeah. I can see myself doing that at some point for sure. 
Amazing. Well, Heather, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I was so excited when we connected about this idea of doing sleep and we already have like a part two in the works of, of talking about self-care together. Um, but I know that you're such a wealth of knowledge to everybody who works with you and you have such a, a soft and kind approach and um, just to your expertise. So I know we're so grateful to have you with us today. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Christina. Thank you for having me. It's been a real honor. And if people were looking for you, which no doubt they will be, where is the best place that they can find you? And these will be linked, of course, in the show notes. Yep. Um, they can find me on Instagram. I'm at Heather Young underscore MSW. And I'm on Facebook as well at Heather Young MSW. And then my website, um, HeatherYoungCounseling.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for taking the time to listen to this. I know, uh, hopefully you're not listening to this in the middle of a, you're up in the middle of the night and you were supposed to be sleeping kind of thing. Um, but I am so excited for this topic and I can't wait to hear all of your reflections and um, everything that you think about sleep and how sleep might impact you and your personal development. So always feel free to reach out. You can always find me on Instagram at, at Christina.Bartold and looking forward to continuing to journey with you in your personal development.